You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time to turn the page on week 14 and look ahead to week 15. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode brought to you by 1010. 1010's an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement ring launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively. At BlueNile.com. One ring the Arizona Cardinals are still vying for. They're still in the dance. As of right now in the seventh and final playoff spot, the Arizona Cardinals vying for that Super Bowl ring, that Lombardi Trophy. As crazy as it sounds, the team at 7-6, and six, they take on the Philadelphia Eagles who have new life with a change at quarterback We're going to deep dive how the Cardinals should attack this Philadelphia Eagles offense, now led by Jalen Hurts. It's Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Bob Brock. It's Alex Clancy, at Clancy's Corner, and of course, at Lockdown AZ Cards. Easiest way to follow the podcast. Also, we're going to get into today the Cardinals' biggest threat to that playoff spot in the NFC. And is this week a repeat of last week? I'll explain that later in the program. Alex, one thing I want to get out of the way is we we do record a day early. So we're coming off of uh, Monday Night Football here. Uh, Lamar Jackson had to poop the other night, correct? No. (laughs) He had cramps. He didn't have cramps. Give me a break, dude. Did you see him scurry to the locker room? That was I have to poop maneuvering. I mean, they might eat a lot of protein before uh, <laughs> before games. I don't know. I mean, listen, Bo, he came back with the the quintessential moniker for getting things drawn or getting a needle in your you know in your vein is that you know that wrap around y- your your forearm. Sure, and he had that. So I don't think he's like, hey, listen, guys, I dropped one. I don't want anybody to know. Does anybody have any gauze? Like I don't think that's the. It's like, hey, we need to kind of misdirect that I that I went <laughs> that I went. <laughs> it's just it's such a ridiculous thing. I mean, he was interviewed after he said he didn't Paul Pierce it. Sure, um, which is a whole other storyline. Why would Paul Pierce ever admit that? Like, why? Why you look like a bonehead to begin with? Well, you look like Willis Reed to begin with, and now you look like a guy that can't handle your bowels in the middle of a finals game, right? And then faked it. And pretended that you were, you know, you needed a wheelchair to get out of there. Look, I thought I was self-conscious about it, but this is just like a completely another level. I mean, there's some people who don't use public restrooms, but to so clearly, that's what he was doing, and to kind of cover it up, it's uh, it's poopgate. That's what it is. It's or do we call it crampgate? I don't know. Give him the benefit of the doubt, but I will stand by. I will die on that hill that that's what Lamar Jackson was doing on Monday Night Football before the Ravens staged a pretty epic comeback over the Cleveland Browns in an AFC North showdown. It's going to be an NFC showdown on Sunday. The Arizona Cardinals playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles. What's 
the best way to attack a rookie quarterback who had extreme success in his first start in Week 15. That's your Locked On Cardinals lead story. I'm your host, Bo Brock, along with Alex Clancy. What's the best way to get after Jalen Hurts? Do you sit back and make him throw the football, Alex? Or do you just blitz him until the cows come home? I don't know. Like, those are the two. It's a very polar... Uh, they're polar opposites, obviously. I mean, you could... You could have Vance Joseph sit his sit his DB down, sit his DBs down, be like, listen, guys, you're gonna be on islands. We're gonna run man coverage, you're gonna be on islands, and we're gonna have all of our linebackers in the box the whole game. Spread out to keep everything in front of them. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Jalen Hurts, everything, and they're gonna have to dink and dunk their way to a win or throw the ball downfield, and you trust your DBs. Uh, to cover their below-average wide receiving core. I mean, that's even including Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, who are the best one-two tight end punch in football when healthy. Or you look at the offensive line and what a wasteland it is compared to what they wanted it to be health-wise, and you just say, all right, go get them. Go get them. I mean, Daniel Jones is fleet of foot, but he's not athletic. He's not as athletic as or instinctive as Jalen Hurts. We know that. We've known that since day one when Jalen Hurts was in Alabama where he didn't know how to throw the ball. So you could really be playing with fire and giving Jalen Hurts a lot of open space to run wild in if you blitz and it's the wrong blitz scheme and he's wide open with a lot of room to run. So, I, Bo, I don't, I, I don't know what the answer is. The conservative approach, obviously, is to stack eight and just keep everything in front of you and make him beat him, make him beat you with his arm. But if doesn't it feel like winning teams, winning defenses say your offensive line is is hurt? I don't care who the quarterback is. We're coming for you. Right? Isn't that what winning teams seem to do? Yeah, you would think so, especially since it seems uh, suited for Cardinal success. When we saw Hassan Reddick get to Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy five times, an absurd amount of times. Uh, the 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 Saints, who were known as a solid rush defense and hadn't given up a hundred yard rusher in a long time. We're absolutely just abused by this team. I don't know if it's a fluke or what, but they didn't. They, there was no. I mean, there was one hit maybe against the quarterback in that game. Three hits against the quarterback. No sacks of Jalen Hurts in that contest, and he still had trouble completing. You know, fifty percent of his passes. He's still a very big work in progress as far as throwing the football. I think what the Arizona Cardinals absolutely should do, and this is probably the most political answer I can give. Is Vance Joseph continue to uh, disguise what he's doing and vary what he's doing and continue to surprise opposing offenses with different looks? I think that that's your best way to go and have a great mix of getting after the quarterback and also keeping those uh, those boxes stacked uh, to to combat that solid rushing attack that uh, was that showed up in Week 14 for this Eagles team. Jalen Hurts is not a good passer. Like the Arizona Cardinals sitting here in the thick of a playoff race. You know, in the driver's seat, if they lose to this team and then they they lose to a quarterback that lost to Kansas State last year, I mean that's they they I mean that's just an indictment on uh, and and proves that this team wasn't ready. But if they can take care of business and they can kind of flex their money and run flex their muscles and run their game plan, as you're kind of saying, like that's what great teams do. Then, uh, then, then we're talking about them continuing to be in this driver's seat. But man, if Jalen Hurts comes in and does similar things that he did to the Saints, you know, I, I, I've got some big time problems with this coaching staff's ability to make it, look at tape and make adjustments for this team. Totally, 
Totally. And you look at it and say the Cardinals played them last week and nobody really knew, knew what to expect. There'd be that built-in excuse like, well, you game plan for somebody all year because obviously you're watching the quarterbacks you're going to be playing a couple weeks ahead of time. And then that the rug gets ripped from under you and you get this, this young rookie who's just, he's a stud, but you don't have any film on him aside from, you know, Oklahoma. And that, so that built-in excuse is gone. And if you think, and this isn't, you know, th- this is the non-homer Locked on Cardinals podcast. If you think that there aren't going to be extra eyes on this game for myriad reasons, you're sorely mistaken. Not only is it Jalen Hurts, teams that potentially want to trade for uh, Carson Wentz or try to figure out a way to get Carson Wentz on his team if Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. Teams that are playing the Cardinals, the Rams, and the and the 49ers, regardless of playoff stature for the 49ers, say, wow, a first-year quarterback in his second game just tore up that defense. And then watching Kyler Murray try to negotiate around a defense that played pretty well against the Saints, a team that was the one seed in the NFC, all of those storylines are looming so large, and maybe they don't necessarily correlate with the two teams aside from them playing each other on Sunday. It is going to be paramount that the Cardinals take care of business. Because you're right, if Jalen Hurts comes in and and runs uh, rough shot on this defense, the Cardinals are done. Like Nobody's going to fear them. If, if that offense is going to come in here and do it again, the Cardinals are going to have zero uh, like true respect from playoff teams this season. I do have confidence in the secondary against matchups like this because I think that they've shown the ability, especially Patrick Peterson, sure, against top flight wide receivers, he's had his struggles. But against you know wide receiver cores like this, where they feature a bunch of youngsters um, and most of their production... I mean, we don't we don't know what Jalen Hurts is is going to do is if he's going to be able to get the ball to the tight ends like Carson Wentz was able to. So you don't even know if Goddard and Hurts are going to be a factor. They weren't really in the game against the North, the Saints. So I, th- I think that the uh, I have confidence in the secondary, but you know, taking away the the one you know way that Jalen Hurts in this offense can really hurt you. You know, it seems it seems pretty simple. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure, of course, you're listening to Locked On Cardinals for all the up-to-date Cardinals news and information. Coming up next, are the Vikings, are they the one true threat to the Arizona Cardinals in that final NFC playoff spot? And how is this game similar to last week's game against the New York Giants? We'll explain. Do you have a ton of people remaining on your holiday list or just a few that are tough to buy for? Let me fix this issue for you. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and it's the gift that really keeps on giving because the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser than before. 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors, nut and non-nut flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, to go along with the 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread. The list goes on. The deliciousness goes on because the bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and the Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Equally healthy as they are tasty. Lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bar is low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. It's great for the keto 
diet right now. Go to the website, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word. You'll get 20% off your next order. It's using the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. At Bil- we had a great time on the Western Standard Time podcast. You can check that out. Of course, we're on their uh, social media sites. It might be a little dated. We did talk about the upcoming Cardinals game at that point, which was the New York Giants, but we had some fun talking some Pac-12 football. We talked some college hoops. If you want to hear Alex and I talk more about uh, maybe non-Cardinal stuff, we had a great time with those guys uh, on that podcast. So check it out. There's links on both Alex and my Twitter accounts, at Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner. So the Cardinals have a big game against the Eagles this week, and it's just it's very similar to last week, Alex, where the Giants were coming off a fluky win over the Seattle Seahawks. You coupled that with some wins over some bad teams or some teams that were playing some horrible football at the time, and the G-Men had won four straight. This is an Eagles team that was a complete dumpster fire, and then they put Jalen Hurts in there, and it's like it was like waving a magic wand. They win their first game in forever. They hadn't won since uh, the Giants game, you know, all the way back in what four or five weeks ago. They had lost four straight up until that point. So now it just seems similar to where the Giants beat the Seahawks inexplicably, and then you have the Eagles beating the Saints and kind of knocking them off of the top of the NFC West standings or NFC standings. I, I just get a similar thing to where I, I'm pretty confident that the Cardinals should take care of business against a bad NFC East team. I think that the Eagles are a bad team and their problems stemmed a lot deeper than just the quarterback position. I think we're going to find out right away. I think right after kickoff, like we found out with the Giants game after the first quarter, the Cardinals are probably going to win that game, even though the offense wasn't punching it in where they were supposed to. The turnovers were abound by Daniel Jones and and the uh, the pass rushers were getting into the backfield. I think we're going to find out, and like I don't think this game is going to be like if the game is close, the Cardinals have a better chance of losing the game. And, and it's not because the numbers are closer to each other. If the Cardinals don't stamp their foot down right away, this game could get away from them is what I'm saying. I agree with you. I mean, off, like talent-wise, because of the decimation of in, by injuries that the Eagles have sustained and Carson Wentz's inability to stay on the field, which is, you know, springboarding Jalen Hurts into the mix where he probably shouldn't be playing if Carson Wentz was able to take care of business, the Cardinals should win this game. I agree with you. But... What from what we've seen this year, there are no certainties with the Arizona Cardinals team. Like you can't expect eight sacks from the defense. You can't expect that clampdown from second one to second to the you know the end of the game. You can't expect that from from the from the Cardinals defense again. The offense needs to meet them in the middle, and I haven't seen anything anything over the last several weeks that proves that they could do so. Yeah. So they should win, but I don't trust the offense to put up points. You can't trust the offense at this point. And, and that's going to be the key going forward, too, is if, if they're going to have success, if they want to, one, make the playoffs, and then two, have success in the playoffs, that offense needs to get back up to speed. And that, that still remains the biggest question, right? Like, are they going to finally figure it out? Is it going to click? This is an opportunity here against the depleted secondary uh, in the Philadelphia Eagles to where they, they, I mean, they had in, even in their win against the Saints, they were losing guys left and right. This is an opportunity where, and that's why I think that this is a win because you look at this Eagles team and 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 you're gonna just have they're gonna have to rely 
on Jalen Hurts to have another big game in his second consecutive start. Like, that's putting too much pressure on a second-round pick who you still don't even know what his game, how it's going to translate to the NFL. We've had success in week one, but can it have, can he find consistent, sustained success early on enough to overcome all the issues of the Philadelphia Eagles? I think not, but you're right. No, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals on offense, they might even have the luxury again of us if if they come out slow out of the gates, which you don't want to see, uh, to win this game. That's that's I feel pretty confident about it. Yeah, I mean, it, but this isn't like a cool. The season's over after this game. Like this is a time where against an inferior opponent, which again we haven't seen all year. Pretty much all of the games the Cardinals have played have been close-ish, except for the Jets and the Cowboys. Well, you can't really, uh, you know, you can't really hold much weight in those games, especially where those teams were at the given time of the Cardinals playing them. The Cardinals need to just get more efficient. It's yeah. not just about this game. It's about next week against San Francisco at home. It's about going to L.A. at SoFi Stadium and having potentially to beat the Rams to get into the playoffs. Like, you need to start building on things, and what a better way to do that than a somewhat inferior opponent that has somewhat of a stout defense at times, depending on Darius Slay's health. But you just got to do it. Like, this isn't just about this game. If they win by a field goal, yeah, it's a win, but it doesn't really improve you unless they can put up 40 points, which we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, it's been it's been way too long. And to, it's crazy to think that they put up 26 despite their their efforts on Sunday, but that was... Should have put up 50. They should have, absolutely. No, like, that's... And it's not something like, you know, it's, oh, man, they got a W. I got a lot of crap on Twitter about that. I know, but they didn't play well offensively. That's the point. Right. Right. I mean, we sh- the, the Giants showed that they're a ter- they were a terrible team, right? And the, the Cardinals took advantage of that on the defensive side of the football, but we, we, very, we saw a stagnant offense to start... And then once things, once kind of the Giants got a little desperate, they were able to take advantage of that. But now, I mean, I, last week against the Giants, it was an easy win. I, I think you can lump that in with the game against Dallas, and I think you can lump that in against the game, like the team like the Jets. And I think that the Eagles are part of those those caliber of teams. I just, I'm not fooled by the Eagles' performance last week. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I might stand on an island on that, but I've just, I've watched this Eagles team. Play a lot. I might have been. I may have been burned by them as far as uh, on the betting side of things, and I've got like a in a, in a, like a irrational hatred for them. But I, I I just think they are they are very flawed football team. I think that they're just. I mean the injuries. This should be a game similar to last week, in my opinion. Yeah, and and let's hope it. Let's hope it is. I mean, this is. It's a perfect time to play. A team that just came off the biggest win of the year against a team they had no business being a part, a game they had no business being a part of, with a with a rookie quarterback starting his second game like this. Again, just like we talked about in the beginning of the of the podcast, where good teams, good defenses, blitz inferior offensive lines, whether it be talent wise or due to injury, good teams punish teams that are inferior to them coming off a big win and still riding high from the week before. Yeah, and if uh, if the Eagles are able to make Kyler Murray look as bad as Taysom Hill looked early on in that contest last week, then, you know, Kyler Murray needs to show that he's better than Taysom Hill, right? I mean, I think that was the def- that was the difference for the Saints, really, uh, aside from their inability to slow down the run game from the Eagles last week, is their quarterback play wasn't up to snuff. Kyler Murray needs to show up this week and prove that he's 
he's not just a, a, a glorified Taysom Hill where he can run a bit, little bit, he can throw a little bit. He should be a more talented passer than Taysom Hill and take advantage of a bad Philadelphia de- defensive secondary. Let's get into one final conversation before we get out of here. The last or the real true threat to the Arizona Cardinals playoff spot is this team. We'll tell you who it is. It's coming up next. It's Locked On Cardinals. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On AZ Cards, at Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex, the biggest threat to the Arizona Cardinals playoff spot is which team in the NFC? I still think it's the Vikings, Bo. Mm-hmm. Um, I know who you're going to say, so I'll let you say it, but I think just because of how potent that offense can be and how that defense has shown at times, Harrison Smith, etc., that their linebacking core is good enough to get pressure on the quarterback. I When I look at uh, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, who, who's shown flashes uh, in the red zone and scoring touchdowns, that offense may be like a top eight offense in the NFL on paper. But sometimes Kirk Cousins just Kirk Cousins it and uh, and they can't execute or, or put points up on the board. But I would say it's Minnesota because Minnesota can beat any team in the NFL in any given day. They're oh, not an underdog to the nth degree against any team in the NFL, at least offensively. The only team that they've beat that's good on their schedule is the Packers. Like, they've lost yeah. to every other good team. And they, and they play, okay, so this game this weekend is going to be very telling. And this is pretty much, I mean, what we, we can help is, hope is they just, you know, the NFC North cannibalizes each other. Uh, but, you know, you've got the Bears, Vikings, and I think that the Bears are actually playing better football. You saw the Vikings squeak by the Panthers. You saw the Vikings squeak by the Jags, and then they got beat by a good team in the Buccaneers, and then we've seen the Bears. Look, I know the Bears, they they were brutal. They were probably one of the worst teams in football for a while, but it seemed they, they beat down the Texans, who are not a good team by any stretch, but if they can beat the Vikings, they've got the Jags up next, and then in Week 17, the final game of the season – you know, I they could they could potentially finish this season, they, and it's it, the linchpin is this weekend. If they can beat the Vikings, they could uh, potentially go three and zero to finish the season. That's nine wins, and th- th- there's no lock that the Cardinals are getting to nine. They can certainly get to, they should get to eight with this victory this weekend. But you know, I just look at their schedule, and and it's and it's also contingent on. Those quarterbacks that you mentioned, you've got Kirk Cousins and then you got Mitchell Trubisky. You know, flip a coin on who you're going to trust as far as who's under center with those two guys. Probably a slight edge to Kirk Cousins, but not by much. I don't know. I just think that, you know, when if David Montgomery's going, the defense is going for the Bears, and Mitchell Trubisky's playing relatively mistake free football, the Bears are more dangerous, not in the NFC, but more dangerous than the Vikings. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that... The Vikings have the Saints, too, on Christmas. Right. So when we're talking, when we're looking at this, what we did going into the New York game, the Giants game, was if you take the offense, defense from both teams, which set of players, which set of 11 has shown the most dominance up until that game, you know, over the last couple weeks, and I think we agreed it was the Giants' defense, right? that they had shown 
that they were the they were, they were the hottest of the four of the for sure. Cardinals offense for defense sure. and the Giants offense defense. The, yeah. the Giants defense is the best. Okay, with the two to your point, the Bears defense is probably the best of those four. You would think even with they're the most consistent. They've had a couple blowout losses, but all in all, that defense is good. Mm-hmm. That's a good defense every week, and with Nick Foles under center and shotgun, the defense was probably on the field. I don't know the numbers, but that offense wasn't good, so they were on the field a lot more. They got burned a lot more. I mean, just it, check the 2018 Cardinals for that. <laughs> but with that, that kind of is the great equalizer. That defense is good. Khalil Mack is good. Their secondary is good. Their linebacking core is good. And they were good don't, against the Vikings last time. Yeah, true. Exactly. Do not sleep on the Bucks. So the Bucks are only a game ahead of the Cardinals. I don't know what the I don't, I don't know what the tiebreaker is exactly. But the Buccaneers and this is such a week week 15 Tom Brady 43-year-old statement. They go on the road to Atlanta, they go on the road to Detroit. Both in domes and both road games with a 43-year-old and that offense is still somewhat in flux. If the if the Bucks drop one of those games, that's another playoff spot that's potentially up for grabs. And I know that you look at the history, you look at the offense, you look at Tom Brady and his history. Would you be 100% surprised if one of those offenses don't rip apart Tampa Bay's defense in Atlanta or Detroit? Would you be 100% shocked if Tampa Bay lost one of those games? Yeah, at this stage. In you the, would? Yeah, I would. Okay. I, I, I mean, I just, I just think... That there's just way too much as far as that organization goes. And there's so much talent in that locker room. I don't think it just hinges on Tom Brady. He's he's a big part of their success. But, uh, look, I have I just don't have – I know they're on the road, and you pointed that out. I just think they, they've got two games against the Falcons left and, and a game against the Lions. I mean, you can't find a more favorable schedule than that right now. I mean, what the Falcons just did not show up last week. And I mean, I th- I think at this point they've checked out. Even getting up against playing a game against the Tom Brady and the Bucks, nothing's going to get them up at this point. I I just think that I I it would be less percentage than a hail mary for for the Bucks because they win one more game of those three and they're already at nine. I just think that it's it's just a long shot for them to fall from grace. It's just. I have a lot of confidence, not only in the Cardinals this week, but also in the Vikings and the Bears being the inconsistent teams that we've seen all season long to where they might they might not get the job done against some teams that you think that they should take out easily. And also the fact that they play each other this week, the Cardinals will continue to have that leg up at least one more week and be in that driver's seat. Yeah, I, I, I understand that... It- I wouldn't write my dissertation on the fact that Tampa Bay is going to lose one of those next three games, but it's the Cardinals win and the Bucks. Like crazier things have happened. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, for sure. And Tom Brady hasn't played excellently, and you know who the hell knows. I just feel like we've seen Tampa Bay struggle against good teams, but against the the bad teams, they seem to take care of business. They lost to the Bears. That's true. That's true. That was a uh, what was that? That was a that was what week five? I think it was a Monday nighter. Yeah, I mean, I think that they should. I mean, they should take care of business. Dropping 
two of three to the two teams that they play to round out things is to me would be crazier than them winning two of three. I think yeah, that probably. that's that's probably going to happen. And then as far as the tiebreakers, I don't really see anything as far as tiebreakers. I mean, they beat the Vikings just last week head-to-head. Uh, but then, yeah, maybe the Bears do have that tiebreaker over Tampa Bay with that victory earlier this season. Um, if they both finish 9-7, and seven, who knows? Yeah, it's a good point to bring up. So we'll see. But the Arizona Cardinals, regardless, just need to take care of business against a bad Philadelphia Eagles team that came off a good win the previous week here in Week 15. We're going to talk to Louie and Gino, I believe, from Locked on Birds because that's their name. They've... They feel uh, confident enough of all the bird mascots. They're the bird mascot, apparently, the Eagles. We're going to talk to those guys, Louie and Gino. It sounds like they own a Philadelphia cheesesteak shop in in Philadelphia. I would like you so much more if your name was Gino. If my name was Gino? It's a badass East Coast name, man. I love it. It's a very East Coast name, absolutely. Gino and Louie, they're going to tell us their Philadelphia cheesesteak order, and they're going to tell us whether or not oh. they have confidence in the Eagles to win back-to-back games on the road. Um, one quick thing before we get out of here. I just want to let you know, Kyler Murray would be have complete control of his bowels and not have to leave a game like Lamar Jackson did. Just another thing that Kyler Murray does better than Lamar Jackson. He handles his bowel situation much better than Lamar Jackson does, obviously. There you go. There you go. For more of that content, make sure you're following him on Twitter <laughs> at Clancy's Corner. Follow me at Bob Rack. Follow the podcast at Lockdown AZ Cards. We got a crossover podcast coming at you tomorrow.